here today. We're thankful to see young people who love you with all their hearts. We're grateful to see the gifts and the talents that you have given to them, that they are using them to the glory and honor of your name. We thank you for the many young people who are here this morning, whose hearts are open, whose hearts are hungry for you. Father, we pray for them because we know that you have a destiny for their lives. We don't call them tomorrow's leaders. We call them today's leaders. We pray that they'll continue to grow, loving you, serving you more. May you use them, God, more and more and more and more to the glory and honor of your name. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody who agreed with that prayer shouted and said, Amen. Hallelujah. Well, why don't you go to five people, give them a high five, tell them God is a good God. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Five people. Can I hear you young people shout amen? Somebody shout Jesus! Well, I'm so excited, uh, all of you young people, for this service. And like I've promised you in the past, that in our church, we will always make sure there is special place for you young people to have a service that you lead, a service that's for you. We know you come to all services. But we always want a service specially for you. So I want to announce to you ahead of time that next year, when we go to Orlando Stadium, we want to fill Orlando Stadium on Saturday. The Saturday of the Good Friday, that's going to be a Saturday that we are going to have for our young people. And I'm excited today we have a... a <laughs> I'm excited that we have Mfundisi Savasa. I know she is your favorite Mfundisi. So let's put our hands together from Mfundisi Tandanane. Oh, come on, shout to the Lord with the voice of triumph. Hallelujah. Let's give the presiding bishop of Grace Bible Church a big hand for telling us that we will be having our very own Philip. <laughs> our very own Philip. Hallelujah. Somebody say Philip Orlando Stadium. That is the hashtag for next year. Hallelujah. I'd like to welcome all the young people who are here. In the wonderful name of our Savior, Jesus, I'd like to also just acknowledge the presence of the bishops, the overseers, the leadership, those who look after the young people, hallelujah, who shepherd and pastor them, hallelujah, the youth leaders and everyone who is here, hallelujah. Greetings in the name of Jesus. Before uh, we take our seat, can we please give a big hand to the production? Hallelujah! 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 
Wow! You may be seated, hallelujah. I was telling Bishop that uh, as, the, as the young people were dancing, as the, as the, as the poets came out, as Abba Rapper came out, I said to him, do you know? I said to him, do you know how much time that takes? Hallelujah. Pasalani, you see it? Hallelujah. But it takes time. I happen to have a, a brother who is a dancer and, a po- and uh, he raps. He actually is like, he does a lot of things. So some of us know what it means to take a young person to an audition, to take a young person to a call, to wait in the middle of the night because there's some kind of casting somewhere and it has to be shot at 3 a.m. <laughs> Hallelujah. And we are sleeping in the car. Hallelujah. Waiting for his shot. And then when the production comes out, he's just a shadow. He just walked fast. No one saw him, Bishop. But we were there at the parking in the night. Hallelujah. So it is such a blessing to have the talent displayed and overflow the way it has in this place, hallelujah. And to have a place like this where it is okay, hallelujah, and it is celebrated. So we really thank you, Bishop. Now the the message that, the title of the message that I have been given to share on today is to keep your spirit burning for the Lord, hallelujah. It is to keep your spirit burning for the Lord. And the text is from Matthew chapter 25. We will read from verse 1 to 13. The Bible says Jesus speaks to his disciples and those who had gathered. And he says to them, the kingdom of heaven is like this. He gives them an example of ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the groom. The Bible says now five of them were wise and five of them were foolish. All ten of them were virgins. Five of them were wise, five of them were foolish. Hallelujah. There are are wise virgins out there. Hallelujah. Yeah, that's one over there. She, She quotes it. Hallelujah. The definition of wise is having or showing experience, having or showing good judgment. It means to be sensible or prudent. The definition of foolish is quite the opposite. The definition of foolish, you will see it, is having or showing a lack of good sense. It is a lack of discretion. A lack of common sense. You know what is a lack of discretion? A lack of discretion is a lack of sensitivity. It's when you have no radar or no sense of whatever you're doing and its impact on your environment. And its impact on your, the closest people to you. So foolishness is also described as that, not having discretion. So doing what you're doing but not even thinking, how will it, how will it affect My mother, my father, my sister, my brother, my friends, my school, my workplace, my church. So you have no sense of discretion. Foolishness is also described as ill-considered. When something is foolish, they say it's ill-considered. So something that's ill-considered means you didn't actually think about it. Have you ever, as a young person, got into a situation when you're like, yo, where's Uncle Wangangala? 
The outcome would have been different. So foolishness is that. It's an ill consideration. It's a ish. It's lacking forethought or caution. So foolishness is when there's no caution. So there's no thought of danger at all. There's no thought of danger. So lacking a forethought means, Guti, you don't think about, like, how is this going to look tomorrow? There's this idiom, this English idiom that is about living for the moment. Just highlight moments. If you're writing down, what is moment? Some people have been living for the moment for 10 years. So look at the moment. Can't be living for the moment for 10 years. Hallelujah. The other synonym of foolishness in a sense is the word naivety. When you are naive, it is as though you are unaffected or innocent, but it's the kind of innocence where, like, you don't know. So instead of, it's, it's like, you, because you don't know, it's called being naive. So you don't know means you don't know any better. So when you're naive, we expect you to make certain errors. We expect, because you don't know any better. So the Bible tells us what? There are five with a sense of common, who are sense, common sense, who are sensible. Then there are five who don't really think about it. And this is another thing. Verse 3 of the scripture. It says, those who are foolish took their lamps and there was no oil that they took with the lamps. It says that they, the, the wise ones took oil in their vessels with their lamps. So they had the lamps and they had vessels that had oil. And then it says to us, but while the groom was delayed, taking longer than expected to arrive, it says they all slumbered and slept. And while they all slumbered and slept, the Bible says suddenly, verse 6, at midnight, they heard a voice that said to them, the groom is coming. I don't know if you noticed that most of the production this morning was about this let me in. It was about this access. It was about hallelujah. And then they say the groom is arriving, is coming. And the Bible says in verse 7, as they woke up, they trimmed their lamps. And the foolish ones said, because now they don't have oil. So they said to the, to, the, to the ones who were wise, give us. Yo, I got stuck on give us. Give us kanjan. Kanjan, like kanjan. Like, what, like how? How do you mean give us? Their lamps have no oil. They knew they were going to be there the whole night. They don't have oil. Unremorsingly, there's not even a, a recognition of we made a mistake. What is, what is going on here? All they say is give us. There's a sense of entitlement. You don't even know where it comes from. They expect the wise ones. How? Like how? How must this happen? They say give us. They, you, they say give us some of your oil. For our lamps are going out. 
The Bible says in verse 9, but the wise ones answered, listen to the wise ones, telling them what they must do. The wise ones in this situation are still the ones trying to help these ones. And they say, why don't you just go to the shop and go and buy? Because there are people who are selling. Guess what? The the foolish ones, they don't say, no, we don't have money to go and buy the oil. The Bible says that they went to buy the oil. So what does that mean this morning? They had the means to go and buy the oil the whole time. They had the potential in their pockets the whole time. They had the solution that could have avoided the current situation in their pockets the whole time. So it was right the whole time. But they wait for the wise ones to say to them, why don't you go and buy? And the Bible says, while they were going to buy. Remember that the, the groom was already delayed. So the time for the groom to wait for these ones going to the shop and come back, it's not there. So the Bible tells us that while they were going to go and buy with the money they already had in their pockets the whole time, the whole night when they were sleeping there and while they were waiting, the Bible tells us that the the bridegroom then came to those who were ready. Verse 10 says, the bridegroom came for those who are It no longer says the bridegroom came for the wise. Because you see, they, it, wouldn't have, it wouldn't have made a difference in that moment who was who. If they were ready. So the Bible says the bridegroom came for who? The ones who were ready. Now to be ready means to have been prepared prior. You can't be ready unless there was prior preparation. Which means, Uguti, they needed to invest before this moment, for this moment. Preparation is done behind the scenes. Preparation is done where there is no one there. And when you, when you, when you talk about keeping the, the spirit of the fire burning, it means you need to understand the importance of preparation. The importance of preparedness. Behind the scenes, where no one is looking. The Bible says in Psalm 91 verse 1, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty, and then he shall say unto the Lord, the saying unto the Lord, the calling of God, my refuge and my fortress, comes first by the abiding in the secret place, by sitting under the shadow. Then you are able to suddenly open your mouth and sing, And so when I call him my refuge and my fortress before the situation, before the storm, before the circumstance became what it was, there was a secret place where I was. So before this winter, there was a secret place before the troubles. So when I say, when I, therefore I call him, that's what the psalmist says. Says he who dwells. 
will say unto the Lord. So I can say, because I was dwelling, that he is my rock and my fortress, my refuge, my God in whom I trust. Psalm 91 is a psalm of protection. It's a psalm of warfare. That you can't just apply that word if you have not first begun, go verse 1, which is the secret place. So the ones who already were able to go in, and the Bible says, when they went in, the door shut. After the others arrived, they cried out and they said, Lord, Lord, let us in. Now listen to the answer. The answer doesn't say, sorry, it's locked. The answer doesn't say, sorry, you are late. The answer says, I don't know you. The only way someone gets to know you is by relationship. The only way someone gets to know you is by spending time with them. Where you hear the voice, where you recognize it, where you know what they think and you do their will. Because you've been together for so long, you know what pleases him. He says, I don't know you. There are two parts that Jesus speaks about in Matthew chapter 7. He speaks about a narrow uh, gate, a, a narrow gate and a, and a wide gate. I'm not going to speak a lot on it. But Jesus was speaking about the fact that no one knows the hour nor the day of his coming. He says that in verse 13. He says, watch. He says, watch, therefore, for you neither know the hour nor the day to which the Son of Man is coming. And the illustration of the two, the two paths, the one is narrow and it's winding. The other one is wide. It's, it's described as a gate. And the Bible says, Oguti, many walk in it. You know what that means? That means that the decision of the path that we are on is a decision that's made now. While it is still day. You make that decision now. So by the time the end comes, the end is only as a result of where you are walking in any case. He says many walk, walk in it. The five foolish, it was very interesting. The five foolish thought in that moment, they were just going to come and say, Lord, Lord, let us in. I'd like to do an illustration. If you look at this string or cord, when it is tangled like this, it looks like there's lots of it. I don't know. Is there? It looks like there's lots of it when it's tangled like this. And the deception that we have when it looks like this is that we think it has no end. We have this assumption that it's continuous. That it just winds and winds and goes on and go on and go on like it's got no end. But the reality is it does have an end. So working while it is still day is not for those who have a story and an excuse and another story and another reason and another why it didn't get done, and another tomorrow, 
and another maybe later, and another don't tell me what to do. Because at the end of the day, there's going to be a time where the story will not be adequate anymore. And the excuse that you make is not going to count anymore. And there's no more time at the end of the day to take any other justification that you have for anything. This was the shut door. The question is how many stories there are people, the Lord said I'm going to people who've been delaying. People who don't see the urgency. People who don't understand the potential in their pockets. People who don't understand, Uguti, it is day now. Things need to be done now. So the line of excuses, the line of why nots, the line of the reasons, they're explaining away. Some of my generation uh, Z, generation Z is very good at explanations. We just explain our way through it. But there comes a point where the explanation is just not going to cut it. It's just not going to cut it. The Bible tells us about The Bible tells us about a master, and we heard it. I think Bishop made a reference of it during his message. I think it was um, Archbishop Botwana. The master who gives talents. Can I tell you what I remember about that story? I don't remember the one who was given the five. I don't remember the one who was given the two. I just remember the one who was given the one, and the story that even now, I don't know what he said was the reason why he didn't use his talent. Does anyone here remember what exactly he said? Because I read it. Until this moment, Bishop, I have no idea why the one who got one talent didn't use his talent. I don't know. And I've read it in Greek. And I still don't know. But the response of the master in taking away what he had was because the master in that moment taught that, that young servant the lesson that these five have been taught, that there comes a time where whatever you thought it was is not going to cut it. In verse 5, the Bible, in verse 3, the Bible says what they had lamps. Which means that they had whatever, the, the, the equipment for the, for the lighting, of it was there. They had the lamp. But the lamp couldn't do the function in which it was supposed to. Without the oil. So you know what's interesting? That lamp could have been a brand new lamp. That could have been a brand new lamp. But without the oil. That lamp could have been a golden lamp made out of gold itself, but without the oil. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7, it says, but we have this treasure. It says we have this treasure in jars of clay. It says in fragile vessels. And the reason 
reason is that so that we are able to show that the all-surpassing power is not our own. I pray for a generation that will arise that understands that it's not about my appearance. It's not about what I look like. It's not about whether I am short or tall, whether I am dark or light, whether I have clear skin or I have pimples. It's not about my body. It is about this treasure that is inside of me. Young people, are you there? I pray that the Lord may raise a generation understands which is not about the label dare I say it is not about the drip hallelujah but it is about the treasure the treasure alone the oil alone is sufficient at the end of the day and it will matter the most at the end of the day the oil that is inside of this lamp The Bible tells us in just a reference that when Paul was teaching Timothy, there are certain things that Paul was very specific to Timothy about. One of them was don't listen, don't even give a little thread of a chord. To those who come and they speak with eloquence, he gave him a command, this young man, to say be very careful of them. And also to be aware of ungodly, ungodliness and godless chatter and false doctrine and incorrect, which, which is deep because this whole apostle was entrusting this young man to be the one to deal with this in the church. The young man entrusted to know his sound doctrine because he's got a secret place. Because he opens the Bible already when, he is on, he, when, when he's on his own, he already knows. So God is trusting young people in this working while it is still day title. Trusting us with this word. And dare I say the word itself is the oil. The word itself is the one that will keep this fire burning. Because the Bible says heaven and earth shall pass away. But the word of God will remain forever. That is the reason why each and every one of you is still here. After COVID-19, after the storm, you could have been loafing in your, on your couches. You could have stayed at home. You could have said, it's fine, I'll buy data. And I'll log on and I'll watch the stream later. But because of this word... That is inside of you. It does not enable you just to sit. But it calls you out to come. And to receive the word. And that will keep your fire burning. Hallelujah. The fire that we are talking about. Is one that needs to withstand all kinds of weathers. Strong winds will come and attempt to blow the fire. The rains and the storms will come and try and put it out. But when you know the source, when you know the fuel, no matter the weather, the circumstance, the condition, the money for registration, whether you are taken or you are not taken adversity, whether the situation where you are in, you are forced to take a gap year. Do you know the forced gap year? Where you had plans, but you must just stay at home because 
It's not happening like that. So regardless of what it is that is happening, this fire cannot be put out. The Bible tells us, when we speak about the substance of the oil that, that keeps the fire burning in Isaiah 55, verse 7 to, to 13, the Bible says, let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him. It says, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon him. So the Lord embraces those who turn around and come back. He embraces, the Bible says he's got pardon. Which means that there's always room for you when you decide to turn around. And pardon means it doesn't matter what you did before you came here. Because we're not about that. Hallelujah. And then the Bible says in verse 8, For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither your ways my ways. He says, for as the heavens are high above the earth, so are my thoughts for you. So are my thoughts for you. He says, for as the rain, and this is where we will focus. The rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and it does not return to him having not accomplished Having not watered the earth, I'm jumping because the word accomplish is so powerful. It says, and makes it bring forth and bud and flourish. In other words, this oil, the word of God, has the sole purpose to make you bud and make you flourish. So the word makes you, but what buds? Flowers. Flowers bud. That is what the word has, has been called to do in our lives. It waters us. It makes us fertile. Now the Bible says that we may give so that the word may give seed to the sower for the bread. Verse 11. So shall my word, the oil, be that it will be going forth out of my mouth. It will not return to me void, but it will accomplish. When we become lamps that consume the word of God, that allow it to be poured into us and fill us up like oil, it means we automatically stand in a place where God will use us for an accomplishment, where God will use us for a work that will make it seen. God is saying, my word goes forth. It doesn't return, having not accomplished. You are the accomplishment of God. And your life will tell a story of the victories of God because you are full of the word. In and out of season, it will happen. Your leaves will continue to be green because you are full of the word of God. Oh, one day, Bishop, one day, Bishop Matole, I, I read a scripture in the Old Testament that says in the midst of the struggles and the battles that the, that the children of God were facing, 
the one time God came and said, I will give you victory over your enemies. You know why? So that the nations may know. So that the nations may know that I am your God and you are my people. When we allow ourselves to be filled with the word of God, it means that we understand that wants it to be known. You don't have to be posting. You don't have to be looking for followers. Listen, what God will do for you is greater than any social media manager can do for you. It's greater than any publicist can do for you. It's greater than any PR company can do for you. It's greater than any manager can do for you. You don't need an agent. When you have God, you do Oh, hallelujah. When God is your manager... You will see the light come upon you. You will see the spotlight. You will see the attention. You are ready. The word is the one that makes you ready. You will be called for a job you don't even qualify for. But because of some faithfulness with the little thing of your devotion in the morning, because of some faithfulness of having acquired a skill that tomorrow can be enhanced, because that's what God does. Just have, just have the skill. Just have, have the skill. And then just, just be faithful with the morning. Be faithful in the evening. Be faithful with the 15 minutes of devotion, Japan. Do you know that you can finish the whole book of First Peter and Second Peter in 15 minutes? Hallelujah. Just be faithful. You know what he says will happen in verse 13? In verse 13 he says, he says, instead of the thorn shall come up a fir tree. Instead of the bear, which is like thorn, it's also like a thorny plant shall come out myrrhs and trees that with flowers. It says, and it shall be to the Lord for his name. He says, for an everlasting sign that will not be cut off. So the door cannot be closed on you. When you know that you have a God who exchanges. I love the word instead. Instead means this is what you should have had. But because of the word of God, this is what you have instead. So he says, instead of the thorns, instead of all the, the, the birds and these thorny trees and thorny plants, you will have plants with flowers on them. There's a scripture that says that I will make a forest in the desert land and where nothing grew, cedars of Lebanon will grow. There's a scripture that says I will make a pathway in the wilderness for my children to come home. I will make rivers flow in wastelands. That is the oil. Keeping the fire, keeping the spirit burning means being full of this word, 
that you are able to apply when you are going to an interview, when you are thinking about what you will call your little business, your small business, when you are thinking about who you will go and pitch your idea to, when you are thinking about who you will knock uh, uh, for and say, this is what I have to bring. When you are thinking about all of those things, you will have a word that applies to the kind of work that you need to be doing. Are the young people who are ready to rise up and say, I am filled with the word and therefore I know what to do in and out of season. This word fills me up such that I cannot sit on it. Say to your person next to you, don't sleep on yourself. The Bible says in Isaiah 55 verse 6, seek the Lord while he may be found. It says, call on him while he is near. Now the power of this is that not everyone here is delayed by excuses. Some it's excuses, you know yourself. But others it's trauma. Others it's actual real life things that haunt you. For others, it's real rejection that you feel when you open your eyes. It's words that have been spoken to you that say you will not, just forget it. Some of us, it's not excuses really that hinder us. But it is circumstances that keep replaying themselves and haunting us over and over again. When the, when, the, when the one who writes, the, when the prophet says, seek the Lord while he can be found, it's not just an urgency of, of when he can be found, but it is also an urgency on you to start calling him now because you can find him now because you have access to him right now. So there is no need for the trauma to remain and enslave you and overpower you when you have the ability to call him now. Are the young people who are ready to call on the Lord and say the past happened, it hurt me, I was bruised, I was broken, but Lord, I'm calling you now because your word says I should call you now. It is the urgency of releasing the bondage. The urgency of seeing that he already bore everything on the cross for me. Because you can't work with that baggage. So call on the Lord now. Call on him right now. Because at the door he will say, but you had... So much time to call me. The problem I have with, with traumas, Vazalwani, is that traumas and, and all kinds of depression and anxiety, they, they give you alternatives also. Just as the Lord says, instead of the thorn, I will give you this myrrh. Traumas, anxiety, depression, guilt. Do you know what guilt is? Condemnation. The very thing that Jesus says he didn't come to give us. And then suddenly you hear the thief, not the shepherd. 
Not the one who knows you by name, but the thief's voice is so clear. And what happens? You start looking at your wrist. One of the greatest alternatives that exists right now is this alternative of looking at your wrist and thinking, I can just cut. I can just cut this wrist and it will be the end. And I will be free. Because that's what the voice tells you. But what the voice doesn't tell you is that this very hand resembles the hand of Jesus Christ who already took the nail on your behalf. Who already took the nail on the very hand that the devil tells you is an alternative. The hand of Jesus that already bled on your behalf so you wouldn't need to. And the life of Jesus that was already given as a ransom for the very pain that you feel. Will you call on the Lord? It is daytime we need to work young people. We need to see the success of them who know him and call him Jehovah. And it needs to reign in all the earth so that it cannot even be denied. When they ask you, the only thing that comes out of your mouth is Jehovah. When they ask you how, you just point and you say, there's only one. If there are things that you achieve and you can point to yourself, you have not yet arrived. There are things that you need to achieve where even what you did versus what ended up happening doesn't balance itself out. Because God walked before you, flattening the mountains. The alternatives do not allow the alternatives that come because of trauma. The other alternative is just to close the curtain and pretend it's still night. Just to take the blanket over yourself and, and sleep. I want to speak to those who have been sleeping the whole day. This is not spiritual. There are people in this place who've been sleeping. You just keep sleeping. It looks like an alternative. You tell yourself you're just resting. You tell yourself you have nothing else to do. You tell yourself you'll do it tomorrow. You, tell, you are sleeping. I'd like us to stand on our feet and we will pray. They had the money the whole time, Bazalan. There was no reason why the door was shut on them. There are certain things in your life that really there's no reason. I spoke about the traumas, but others, there's really no reason. There's really no reason why it still looks like that. Someone needs to kick off the blankets. Someone needs to open the curtain and see. That daylight, the daylight Jesus speaks about is daylight for work. Sleep at night. But in the day, do something, anything, do something. 
do something, Muntomusha. People, Bible says that people perish because of lack of knowledge. The other alternative, the other thing that comes when we've been disappointed and delayed is that we, we have this phrase we have, I don't know. Sorry, what? You don't know. This generation, Bishop Matole, is living in a time where access to information has never been greater than it is right now. You don't need to love to make scones to start a company of baking and selling scones. You don't need to like it. Because I don't like it, it's also here. And I'm not born with it, it's also here. And I'm not a business person, it's also here on the string here. We're living in a time, Vasalani, where you don't have to be a born natural entrepreneur. You know why? Because this economy in this country doesn't allow you to wait to feel like a business person. This economy here, this one in South Africa, is also here, by the way. But there's no job. But there are no jobs. But the president, but the government. Yes, those are real excuses. Those ones are real ones. Those ones are real. Those ones are true ones, but they are here. They, also, they are also here, these ones. So as we are going to pray, I'm reminded, you know, it's good to watch, um, watch the services after Bishop Matoli was speaking on the first evening when you took offering. And he said, Paul says to the people, I didn't envy anything that you had. But these very hands of mine have provided everything that I have needed to do that which the Lord has called me to do. These very hands of yours, just raise up your hands and we will pray. Those very hands are enough to produce for you that which you need to do. Those hands have the word. They have the oil of the spirit. As we pray, the questions that I have for you as we reflect is are you still demanding of others? In the face of trouble, the first thing they said was give me, give us. Maybe you don't see that there is a spirit or something that tells you someone owes you something. And maybe they did. Maybe you had a parent who never even paid a cent of your school fees. They owe you nothing. Not when you know you have been adopted out of the darkness into the marvelous light. There may be a family that you feel did nothing for you, Mundomusha. You may not even know them. They owe you nothing. 
Because the problem when you start saying they owe you, goes on getting boozy. Hasn't you They owe you nothing. May there be no more give me, give us. Someone is here this morning and that someone needs to stop with the excuses. Stop with the stories. It's fine, we heard it. Some people have heard that story 10 times already. Every time they come and help you, you say, Ekaya. Every time they say, let's try this, you say, Maramina. Can you stop and see what is in your pocket? And see what is in your hand. And see what God has given you. Someone needs to start a relationship with God. Because the other five were, I felt they were so mean. They didn't even say, no, we were with these ones. The other five who went through the door, they didn't even say. Which means your relationship with God is on you. There's no one who's going to come and say, well, I was with him at the All Night Prayer Month 2000. Which was a great success, by the way. But no one is going to come and say that. Your relationship with God is on you. Will you accept the help? Because he says, call on me. The fire we've been given comes in the form also of the Holy Spirit. The one who the Bible says reminds us of what God has, what Jesus has said. You don't need to be foolish. You don't need to be counted among the foulish when you have the one who says, let me just tell you something. The Bible says he reveals all things to us. With him, all things are revealed. You don't walk in darkness. You don't walk in ignorance. You don't have to be naive. He tells you from a mile away about that friend. He tells you from a mile away. And here's another thing. Some of you have been been told stories. And you keep taking the story. Someone needs to shut the door from today. And stop listening to stories. There are people in your circle. Every day it's a story. Every day it's a delay. Not just in your circle, in the relationships. There's a story. Someone needs to shut the door. Will you step into maturity? Will you do what God wants you to do? I'm going to invite Bishop Matole just to pray for us. Someone has been fed lies over and over again. And your door is wide open. I don't know why this one is so strong in my spirit. The lies keep coming over and over again. And when now you are holding on to something, because there's a promise you keep getting that justifies the lies. But the lies would outlast even the promise you are told would happen. Stop giving. Stop allowing. Stop letting in. Be wise. Be forward thinking. 
Be sensible. Be discreet. Think about things. I'm going to ask Bishop Matsole to pray for us to, have the, to use the adequate time we have. When you are in, when you ill, when it, something is ill-considered, it's because you didn't have enough time to think about it. Bishop, pray for us that we give ourselves enough time before the decisions we make. We give ourselves enough time before the excuses that we walk circumspect and that we are ready always for what God wants to display in our lives. God bless you. Young people, stretch your hands as I pray for you. Thank you. Just stretch your hands as I pray for you. Father, we come before you because we know that we have heard your word. The engrafted word that is able to save the soul. Teach us to number our days that we may have the heart of wisdom. Take us of the spirit of postponing, the spirit of laziness, the spirit of lack of preparedness. Take us out of slumber that we may stop sleeping. Help us to have a sense of urgency and agility to respond to the Holy Spirit and your word to do the things that you want us to do. Help us to forget the past. Where we have faltered, where we have failed, we stand before you and we take our responsibility. We take our place in a place of wisdom. We are not going to be the one who are going to be shut outside of the door. We are the ones who are going to be inside the door. I pray for the God. Help us to redeem our time. In order for us to maximize our moment and finish our race with intensity, with the anointing, with commitment to make a difference in our own lives and in our own communities. Help us to be a different generation from our peers and from what is popular. Help us, oh God, to know that our times are in you. For in you we live and move, oh God, and not sleep, move, and have our fullness of being, oh God, and become Christ-like as you want us to be Christ-like. We receive your blessing, oh God, in the name of Jesus. Everybody say... standing maybe we can have a little bit of uh, music we're going to make a special call as Bishop just requests we make a special call this afternoon to those who've been making excuses to those who've been delaying to those who didn't even realize that they were making excuses if you are here this afternoon and you'd like a special touch from God and you want to say to him, Lord, I will no longer justify myself because the book of Romans says Christ has justified us already. 
you're here and you want to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the oil. If you want the oil to be filled in your life to allow the burning of the flame, I'd like you to come to the front so we can pray for you. So that just as Upishop has said, you will enter in. Not worrying about anything, but just to enter in. That you will be the one, the example that the Lord will use for the accomplishment of his work. That you will see, the Bible says, and the, the mountains clap their hands over the ones, the called of the Lord. As the worship team sings, I'm just going to invite you to come to the front to accept Jesus as your Savior. When I invite the first people, the second group of people are those who are saying, the world owes me nothing. And I'm ready to accept that now. The, the country we're in is what it is. But I'm ready to stand up now. The family I'm coming from is what it is. But I'm not going to use it anymore to stop me from becoming. So this side on my left, I'm going to ask those who want to accept Jesus for the very first time. Just to come. And on the right, those who are saying, I'm throwing the string away, hallelujah. And all the excuses are gone. I'm standing up and I'm going to do what God wants me to do. Come, Bandavasha, you're welcome. Come, hallelujah. If you've never said, Jesus, come into my heart, you need to be standing right here. If you've never, you don't remember ever saying, Jesus, come into my heart. You need to be standing over here. You need to be standing right here so that we can pray with you. Can we just stretch our hands towards them, those of you who are this side? Just raise your hands as a sign of worship, a sign of surrender. There's nothing else. Hallelujah. I come as I am before you. Others are still coming. Even if you are standing this side, but you've never accepted Jesus as your Savior, please move to the right side, the side where you should be. Because for what happens this side to work, it needs to start over there. So if you are here, but you don't remember saying, Jesus, come into my heart, we'll wait for you to go over there to make the decision. Just as others are moving, let's clap for them as they move. Hallelujah. 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 Any more people who need to go and say, Jesus, come into my heart? Let us pray. Those who are here, just close your eyes and we will pray with you. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you that you knew I would be here today. I believe with all of my heart and I confess with my mouth that you are Lord. Come into my heart. Do a new thing. Thank you, Thank you 
you died on the cross and took the nails on my behalf to make me a new creation. I will serve you. I will follow you now and forevermore. Amen. Let us give God a hand for them. Hallelujah.